Big L, rest in peace. Rest in peace. security there's a ton of content out there and if you don't know where to start it can be overwhelming even paralyzing so let's fix that welcome to simply cyber a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking knowledge sharing and professional development i'm dr gerald dozier chief content creator at simply cyber inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions interviewing industry experts and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Monday. Today is January 29th, 2024. This is episode number 545 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Free Podcast. And I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Valentino, Marcus, Kyler, the Yeet Crew, uh, Ruin, Bectorum, Jidey, Jeff Watala, James Adekudo, both blue badging, people coming in from LinkedIn like Ola... Ola Bange, Ola, James McQuiggan at 35,000 feet, Izon on Didi. So many of you long-timers, first-timers, YouTubers, and LinkedIners. We're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories, on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you use this information to drive cyber risk reduction for your business stakeholders? Or if you're looking to break into the industry, you are in luck because you're going to be asked in any single job interview, how do you stay current on the industry? This right here is a slam dunk answer on top of that. Two windows over is the Simply Cyber community. Look at Marco Polo, Regina Franklin, Jazzy Jazz, Tom Bishop, Carrie Roderick, Marcus Kyler. So many wonderful, supportive, inclusive people helping each other, supporting each other, sharing the wins, lending a hand when things are getting a little tough. We are one Simply Cyber community, and I freaking love it. Welcome to the party, pal. Before we get into the face-melting cyber news of the day, before we start shredding all this up, I want to say shout-out and thanks to the stream sponsors for enabling me to bring this uh, podcast to you every single morning or weekday morning. Shout out to Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what, y'all? Guess what? Barricade Cyber Solutions, they know exactly how to eat the cyber threat actors out of here and mitigate the damage done by those cyber incidents. Catch those cyber incidents outside. How about that? Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi Security. Holla, holla, holla. Brandon Poole and his crew over there. Get a partner who understands your cyber program and your business goals. Guys, if you're looking to um, basically do tactical things like tabletop exercises, enterprise risk assessments, just get a sec, uh, like a beat and get a, a second opinion on something, shop cyber insurance, whatever it is. If you need guidance or more uh, person power labor, Panopsi Security can help you with that. They have the expertise. They have the bodies that they can put on this to help you 
with your guidance, whether it is executing something tactical or a more long-term strategic play, like uh, looking at your overall um, cyber program and figuring out how you can uh, elevate your cyber risk reduction between now and the end of 2024 with respect to budget. That's what's up. Holla, holla, holla at Panopsi Security. Panopsi.com. Links in the description below. Also want to say shout out to Anti-Siphon, but more about them at the mid-roll. If you're going to do the Active Defense and Cyber Deception course later today, give a shout out and chat. I'd love to see all y'all that are uh, taking advantage of this opportunity. And also, I'm not going to, um, you know, if, if you guys want to do it, I would love to see uh, Simply Cyber roll call when the Active Defense Cyber Deception course does start. Uh, it'd be great to see everybody in there. Also, wearing my Black Hills on Black Hills action uh, today for the uh, for the wardrobe, if you will. All right, guys. Hey, every episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast, just like this one, is half a CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat. Hashtag Team SC. Grab a screenshot of you saying what's up in chat. It's literally on stage on purpose. You guys can capture it, burn it in, save it off in a folder on your desktop. Basically every single day, no big deal. Two and a half a week, 10 a month. And by the end of the year, when you have to do your CPEs, you just count the number of files, multiply it by 0.5. That's how many CPEs you got, y'all. Very, very easy. Very, very awesome. I do not prepare or research for any of the stories that we're about to go through. So you will be getting my rough, rugged and raw, spicy, spicy. hot takes on all these stories. I do have 20 years of experience in the industry. I freaking love cybersecurity. So I've got, I've got an opinion on something for sure. Amish run away. I'll talk about Cyber 101 um, later in the show. We've got a very special jaw jacking uh, later today. I'm not going to give any hints. I've been asked for hints, but I got a really, really cool jaw jacking uh, segment coming up later. And uh, I'm very excited to share it with you guys. Now, if you are here for your first time, welcome to the party, pal. Let us know in chat if you're here for the first time with a hashtag first timer. Hashtag first timer. We have got a special sound effect and we've got a special emote for you first timers. So say what's up in chat. Good to have you, Joel Joseph. Love it, love it, love it. All right, guys. It's all fun and games and I absolutely love hanging out, partying, high-fiving across the room. But it is Monday, it is time, and we do have work to do. So do me a favor, sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over all of us in an awesome wave. I will see you all at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for All Monday, right. hey, January 29th, 2024. I'm Steve. Welcome to the party, pal. I see a lot of first-timers in here. A lot of them coming over from LinkedIn. What's up? What's up? You know, Ms. Lucy. Uh, Ms. Lucy's a second-timer. Judges, do we give sound effects for second? Yes, it's coming through. We are confirming Ms. Lucy. Hashtag second-timer. Welcome to the party, pal. Let's get those emotes out, y'all. Uh, ding, 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 ding. There we go. Now let's get back to work. Urgent patch alert for Jenkins. Nine security flaws have been discovered and resolved by the maintainers of the open source software Jenkins, which is used for continuous integration and continuous delivery and deployment of software, also known as CICD. 
One of these flaws, which is now being tracked as CVE 2024-23897, could provide threat actors with the ability to perform remote code execution. It has been described as an arbitrary file read vulnerability through the built-in command line interface, CLI, and in short, involves a command parser that features an at symbol. Cisco flaw exposed. Oh, gross. Okay, so here's the deal. If Jenkins is basically a solution, I think it's a lot like Puppet, if I'm not mistaken, but Jenkins is a CI/CD solution. If you work in software, in you know anything past 2010, 2015, then you're probably running in a CI/CD pipeline. Um, this is continuous integration, continuous deployment, I believe the D is for. And the whole the whole gist behind it is it's awesome because instead of like these massive code updates, you can commit code like wicked fast and really easily. And it really takes advantage of uh, cloud infrastructure, right? Uh, like spinning up resources, spinning down resources. CICD is so hot, honestly. That Hansel's so hot. Like right if you now. don't, if you don't, if you're, if you're looking to learn a bit more about a specific topic that could add massive value for you professionally that is not cybersecurity specific, CICD pipelines is definitely uh, where you'd want to go, especially if you're going to get... Um, you like you're doing like cloud security or you're learning about cloud CICD definitely leverages cloud and you're definitely dealing with developers and you're definitely moving through uh, different environments and it, it's it's critically important because you get into access controls you get into continuity um, it is powerful now if you're running Jenkins you like there's no here's the thing there's no way you're accidentally running Jenkins the, like Carl, by the way, if you're new here, Carl is just an avatar. It's an end user avatar that I make up. That way we're always talking about the same end users. If you're running, like, if Carl stands up like a WordPress, you know, blog website or something like that, or, you know, download some app on their phone, like, that'll happen. Nobody stands up Jenkins and, like, it plays with it, right? Like, Jenkins is like a... It, it, like the whole group is on Jenkins or you're not, you're on something else. So if you're running Jenkins, you know, you're running Jenkins. This is a very serious uh, set of vulnerabilities. Remote code execution is the absolute worst. Uh, unauthenticated remote code execution is the only thing that's grosser um, than, than just straight RCE. Um, I would say <coughs> um, it says the vulnerability exposes servers. Um, these are gnarly attacks. So you, I mean, gnarly vulnerabilities. It doesn't say that it's actively being exploited. At least I didn't hear active exploitation, which is a good thing, right? Because it'll give us time to patch. Uh, so you should absolutely put pause on the video right now. We love having you here live, but this is a pause it and go talk to your IT counterparts about getting this updated. I would also suggest... This is a nasty vulnerability and remote code execution is nothing to sniff at. But I don't know how realistic it is to have your Jenkins pipeline servers exposed to the internet, right? Like I, if it were me, I, you want your production application server facing the internet, but your Jenkins like CICD pipeline infrastructure, I don't think that that would be facing the internet. So like if you're going to get popped, by internet facing, like you, you got bigger problems, friend. Uh, if your Jenkins is facing the internet, I believe I do need a fact check on this because 
I, I've worked in environments with CI/CD pipelines, but I'm not like I. I got my computer science degree in two in two thousand, uh, two thousand two thousand two, and I you know it was like waterfall. Agile had just kind of come out a few years, like wouldn't come out for a few years. Like cloud didn't exist. CI/CD pipelines wasn't really a thing. So I'll admit that you know I'm not the the fastest on this one, but I don't think you'd have an internet facing. TLDR, if you're already if someone's already in your environment, if the phone call is coming from inside the house, this would be a very juicy thing for a threat actor to do privesque and get critical uh, resources. So TLDR, Patch Jenkins. Ah, you gotta patch it. Uh so huh. B Sec is saying he's thinking Jenkins was all cloud stuff. Yeah, I mean I get I get it, but um I, I get Jenkins might be cloud and it definitely CI CD pipelines are definitely cloud related. I just don't know if you would have the Jenkins servers internet facing, right? Versus going through a, a VPN or jumping on going through some type of um oh my god, what's the word? Like proxy or or bastion host to <laughs> to use a sec plus term. All right. Moses Unified Comms Systems tracked as CVE 2024-20253 with a CVSS score of 9.9. .9. This critical security flaw affects unified communications and contact center solutions products and could enable remote attackers to execute arbitrary code. According to a security advisory published by Cisco on January 24th and updated on the 26th, quote, this vulnerability is due to the improper processing of user-provided data that is being read <laughs> into memory. An attacker could exploit this vulnerability by sending a crafted message to a listening port of an affected device, end quote. Cisco has released patches and there are no workarounds. A link to the security advisory is available in the show notes to this episode. <laughs> All right, so two things. One, how hilarious is this? Like, I sometimes like uh, cybersecurity people crack me up. So this is from Cisco. This is them uh, announcing a critical vulnerability two day, uh, five days ago. So this is five days old when it was first published. Um, and it, it, it's for the unified uh, communication product suite. So I'll tell you two things. But the thing that cracks me up is on the right here, if you can see on the right, there's six people who took the time to review this post and gave it a one-star review. It's just, it's just laughable because like they're basically... There's a, a to me. There's like a bit of a meta joke here, right? Like them putting this out, them making it available. The the patches there and everything is great. Like thank you, Cisco. But I swear to God, the six people who took the time to rank this are like, boo, Cisco. Everything you touch turns to crap. Boo. <laughs> like so, it's to me, it's just a little bit of a a, a meta uh, joke to me. Now, Cisco Unified uh, Communications Platform. One thing I will say about this is. A lot of businesses are using this, mostly like I would argue like large enterprises are using this. And you not, you might not normally uh, like patch this, right? Like not that this is IoT, but like if I'm not mistaken, this is like part of their phone infrastructure. If like you're running the, the smartphones at everyone's desk and you can like uh, centrally manage it and there's like voicemail backend stuff. So it's not IoT, but it is very much non-traditional uh, infrastructure. And I would also argue 
Um, it's probably like a box like that you're, you're running, right? Not like a, a Windows server you stand up and something like that. So the, the, the whole reason I'm bringing this up is because to me, it's interesting. Like who owns this? Who owns the Cisco Unified Comm product? You might like literally it could be the communications team, the people who like issue the iPhones to the new staff, the people who pay for the WebEx licensing or whatever. So it, in reality, I guess I, I'm trying to... I'm just trying to point this out really quickly. In reality, sometimes you get into a situation where like this absolutely needs to be patched, right? Ah, oh, you gotta patch it. But who owns it? It turns into a lot of this kind of finger pointing where like IT is like, we don't own this. This is a custom solution that the communications team bought and they have the vendor, whoever the vendor is, which wouldn't be Cisco. It'd be some VAR that like, you know, a local third party who like bought it and they do installs of like phone systems, but that those technicians aren't going to be IT uh, software patching. Like basically they're not IT software people. They're, they're like hardware phone people. So the, like, basically I'm, I should have started with like uh, the more, you know, kind of lesson here. This is an important opportunity to point out that it, all of IT doesn't, uh, excuse me, all of IT hardware and software doesn't always belong to IT. And then you get into this gap where, you know, people are like, well, I'm the communications person. I make sure that people get iPhones. I, I'm not responsible for patching stuff. And the IT people are like, I'm, I didn't buy this. I didn't implement this. I don't know anything about this. I'm not touching this. So what ends up happening is you kick it down the road and no one patches it. And then you get popped and then you're like, oh, Ugh. And then during the lessons learned, you're like, we really should have someone own everything. Get your RACI diagram here, R-A-C-I, RACI matrix. All right, we got a question here. What's the difference in severity between a 9.8 and 9.9? I haven't heard of a 9.9 in a minute. 100%, Marcus. <laughs> I have not heard of a 9.9. You typically don't hear of 9.9s. Typically, it's 9.8 is wicked bad and not exploited. And then 10 is like active exploitation. A 9.9... I, I suppose, um, here's the thing, like when you calculate the score, there is a formula for calculating it, right? And there's these base parameters. I won't get into it too much, but like basically based on these parameters, it defines how you get the, the value it calculates out. So you don't see nine, nine often. It would be an interesting little exercise to take a nine, eight and a nine, nine and look at the actual base parameters and see where the Delta is. Um, so here, let's, oh, this doesn't actually change the score. That's, this is dumb. <laughs> All right. So anyways, uh, talk to your, talk to your counterparts about this. If you're running Cisco Unified Vulnerability, I will tell you this for, for a fact, for a fact, one of the organizations that I have supported in the past, I know is running this. And as soon as I get off the phone with you guys, I will be sending this to them. In fact, I'm actually going to do it uh, while we're talking, while I'm streaming, because I can open Telegram uh, and message them uh, because I have that CISO on Telegram. All right, let's keep going. Pro-Ukraine hackers wipe two petabytes of data from Russian intelligence center. In what is being described as a devastating incident for the Russian Federation, the attack conducted by an organization of, quote, cyber volunteers slash patriots from the Group BO team, end quote, wiped a database belonging to the Far Eastern Scientific Research Center of Space Hydrometeorology, also known as PLANET. 
The data was wiped from 280 servers, directly affecting information that Planet provides to more than 50 state entities, including the Ministry of War, the General Staff, and the services of the Ministry of Defense of the Russian Federation. Few details have been released about the nature of this attack. All right, two things. One, uh, this very much seems to be a hacktivism attack. Uh, two petabytes is an A-load of data, guys. Uh, 2,000 terabytes of data. Yee, that is a lot. And uh, to wipe it is not um, not nothing, right? It's not trivial. Uh, so two things I would point out here. One, um, this is a perfect example of hacktivism. So be mindful of that. Two, um, this is a reminder for everybody. Um, you should have backups, okay? <laughs> like, if you're not if you're not running backups, uh, to me, like backups is like day one stuff, right? Multi-factor authentication, educating end users, backups. Like we've been doing backups since we were kids, right? Like you, like you take pictures off your phone and then you you save them off, right? Because you don't you want backups. You don't want data to go missing, right? Wiping two petabytes of data. If this Russian research center did not have backups, ooh, gross. Like, so I don't know really what the impact here is. Um, if 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 there's backups, they can just restore because it's just data, right? This isn't like uh, to me. This information that was wiped was research data, uh, less um, like uh, like systems. You know what I mean? Like systems and processes and stuff like that. So. Um, it is interesting. I would be curious. It does, even though it's a hacktivism target, it seems very, very, um, it seems very um, targeted, right? Like the data that was being deleted here was used for the Ministry of War and the Defense Ministry. Like it, it, it's not just like lashing out and deleting some stuff and being like, it, it seems very, very targeted and tactical. Um, so, you know, We'll see. We'll see what kind of um, impact this has on the overall war. Uh, BSEC is bringing up a really good point. I said have backups uh, to qualify that. You should have backups offsite and immutable if you really want to get uh, crazy bananas. But just offsite um, is is a really good start. Immutable would mean you can't uh, modify it. Um, uh, yeah, casually Joseph brings up a good point too. Um, two petabytes, but it could have been like high image or high, high density imaging, which is huge files. Like if you guys haven't played with like 8k photos and stuff like that, like image files can be freaking massive. So it could, it could just be a lot of like, um, satellite imaging and stuff like that. Uh, we'll see, we'll see how it, uh, see how it impacts. It says they lost probably $10 million worth of, uh, value, I guess. The cyber attack impacted air conditioning. Hmm. All right. So. All right. Pix Pirate raises the bar for banking Trojans. Researchers at Trustier, a security division of IBM, have been observing a new remote access Trojan attacking banks in Brazil. Named Pix Pirate, that's P-I-X-P-I-R-A-T-E, it is unique in its ability to conceal itself by abusing a device's accessibility service and then neutralizing two-factor authentication 
Specifically, the researcher's report says, quote, the malware can access, edit, and delete the victim's SMS messages, including any messages the bank sends, end quote. The malware also has an improved infection flow using two malicious apps, a downloader and a dropee, rather than the more common single Android package APK file. A link to this report describing the technical details of the Pix Pirate Rat is available in the show notes to this episode. Wow. Okay. Um, so this is targeting Brazil, but I don't see why this wouldn't translate to other regions of the world, including United States. Um, this is an Android-based malware, and you know, obviously, you have to trick you have to trick an end user into downloading something, right? Um, onto their file. So, you know, classic phishing. So you've got to, you got to get that sorted out and educate end users. On top of that, um, if you're running some type of like anti-malware or EDR on your um, Android device, then you're going to hopefully catch that before it runs. Um, what What is particularly interesting about this, if you didn't hear what they said, is that the software will add or delete or modify text messages sent from banking institutions which which i guess is part of the um the nuance of this targeting specific entities in brazil because you have to know like the threat actors will have to know what type of um what the content of a message would look like from the uh from a bank so they could do a regex get your regexes here um so they could regex on the uh, text message and modify it um it's very it's very interesting cuz like when you when you look at your phone, you kind of have, at least I think of it as like fidelity in like what text messages are there, right? So <clears throat> if you see if, if you see a text message come in, yeah, if you don't recognize the number, you're going to be like, oh, that's suspicious. It's not really from my bank. But if you see one come in from your bank and then it gets modified, you're not going to, you're not going to realize it's been modified, right? If a message comes in from the bank and they delete it, you don't see it. Right, that, that it's it's interesting. It kind of challenges some of the um, implicit trust we have in the um, the source of text messages and the content. This is an attack on um, integrity. So when we look at CIA triad way back in day one of infosec careers, the CIA triad. I always feel like the I, the integrity, is the is the more challenging one to convey to people, and it's the more challenging one to like see when it's being compromised. But this right here, this is straight up um, integrity attacks all day, every day. So be mindful if you if you support, I know we don't have a lot of Brazilians in here, but if you are in Brazil or if you have uh, staff in Brazil, this sounds like it targets individuals, not businesses necessarily, uh, in order to steal your creds and uh, ultimately wipe your bank account out. So I would educate your end users if you have Brazilian ones uh, just around this and make them mindful of um, the attack vector. Because it, if it's already on their phone, you have, you're have you completely screwed because like they can delete and modify text messages. So you won't know what's true and what's not true. You can't trust anything anymore. So um, you'd have to wipe your phone, basically. They said that there's technical details in the show notes. I encourage you to go check that out if you want. It probably shows what the initial uh, infection vector is and the IOCs associated with it. Let's go to the mid-roll. And now a word from our sponsor, Vanta. From dozens of spreadsheets and screenshots to fragmented tools and manual security reviews, managing the requirements for modern compliance and security programs is increasingly challenging. 
Vanta is the leading trust management platform that helps you centralize your efforts to establish trust and enable growth across your organization. Over 6,000 companies partner with Vanta to automate compliance, strengthen security posture, streamline security reviews, and reduce third-party risk. To learn more, go to vanta.com slash CISO and watch their three-minute product demo. That's vanta, V-A-N-T-A dot com slash CISO. Let's go mid-roll. everybody thanks so much for being here we are at the mid-roll hey 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 you guys are crushing it all you first timers this is a classic episode of simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing thank you to the stream sponsors starting with barricade cyber and panops i love what they're doing guys shout out to anti-siphon training anti-siphon training is disrupting the traditional cybersecurity training industry by providing high quality cutting edge education to everyone like Senfilis, like johnny five like chris young like Laura Flores. And guess what? Anyone can get access to this education regardless of their financial position, which means Anti-Siphon is offering students the opportunity to learn skills, practice what is taught, get hands-on experience with a wicked awesome community, all for reasonably priced, including $0. Right now, guys, in, in two and a half hours, active defense and cyber deception is going to kick off this course right here. I don't know if there's still time to register or not, but if you are doing this course, you are in for an absolute delight. I've taken this course. It is phenomenal. John Strand teaches it. John Strand is phenomenal. Black Hills, the company that is associated with Anti-Siphon, the one whose shirt I'm wearing right now, is phenomenal. Giddy up. Get on this Active Defense and Cyber Deception course. There's a link in the description below uh, to the course if you want to take it. And then next week, Sock Core Skills with John Strand is happening. So maybe you're busy this week, but next week, jump on it and get up, get on, and knock out this Sock Core Skills course. You're going to love it. Believe me. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, guys. So uh, I want to say shout out and thanks to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're getting education value or entertainment value, do me a solid and hit the like button right now. Chris Young's letting me know that registration is closed for today. So too late, too late will be the cry when the man with the bargains has passed you by. There's probably an opportunity to still get on that sock core skills. Don't miss the train. Hit the like button if you're getting value. Shout out. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is happening right now. Zachary Cottle has the baton. Zachary sent his post out and it was an absolute banger. If you're looking to blow up your, uh, your LinkedIn connections... Go on LinkedIn, search for the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge and connect with the people who are posting and comment on their posts. Connect with the people in the comments. Go find Zachary Cottle's post and connect with him. I did. It was great to learn about him. Zachary, can you tag someone in chat to hold the baton? If you want to hold the baton, check it out. It's your opportunity to share your story. Head over to LinkedIn after you take the baton from Zachary. Make your post and share your story. Why you love Simply Cyber. Why you love the cyber industry. Deliver some value. Introduce us. Let us know who you are and what you're about. It's all about community, guys. Jump on it. Use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge and tag me so I can amplify it across 
on the channels. All right. Hey, every single day of the week has a special segment. And Mondays are Simply Cyber Community Member Spotlights. And I want to spotlight Dan Reardon, a.k.a. Haircut Fish. If you... Oh, there he is right there. He's right there in chat. Listen, every single day, Dan Reardon showing up. Every Thursday, he makes a custom meme. He's been a longtime member of the Simply Cyber community, and he is awesome. Say hi to the Haircut Fish in chat. Thanks so much, Dan Reardon, for being amazing. Let's let Simple Minds take us out. All right, guys. Let's get back to work. Here we go. Back to work. Microsoft Teams outage resolved. Some users of Microsoft Teams in North America, Europe, the Middle East, and Africa may have experienced problems with the platform on January 26th and 27th, including login failures and message delays on... Jason Summers looking to take the baton. Desktop and mobile apps, as well as being stuck in the waiting room for Teams meetings. Microsoft's own description of the problem was, quote, a portion of database infrastructure that facilitates multiple APIs is experiencing a networking issue, end quote. This issue was fixed and services were restored by Saturday. Microsoft. All right. Not to be confused with Microsoft's VR 3D rendering rooms that no one asked for feature update that they reported last week. Um, guys, here's the deal. Uh, this is not a uh, cyber attack, or it doesn't appear to be a cyber attack. Microsoft Teams, you got, you got to remember, dude, Microsoft is a massive company. They have hundreds of thousands of users or businesses. They might have millions of users. Microsoft Teams is getting used all the time. So it's not unreasonable. They, they just announced last week they're rolling out a freaking massive update to allow like uh, people in VR to meet in teams or something like that, right? So like there's major updates happening. There's major features being dropped. It's not, I mean, they do everything they can. Large software companies do everything they can to maintain um, uptime and integrity and, 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 you know, not have outages and stuff. But guess what? Sometimes, sometimes crap happens. Sometimes you know, uh, a feature gets pushed and it, it screws up something downstream, right? You can do all of the configuration management your heart to your heart's desire, but occasionally crap happens, okay? So the, the it, just like cybersecurity, guys, it's all about resiliency. Yes, you don't want crap to happen. You don't want crap to happen, but sometimes it does. So how are you going to respond? How do you handle... When crap happens, do you have a rollback plan? That would be a good idea. Do you have an on-call call tree to escalate things? How do you, like, you know, like, if, if enough support tickets come in, does it cause some tipping point? When we do tabletop exercises, most people are like, oh, you've got a ransomware infection. Now what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. Right? But, like, this is a perfect, um, this is a perfect tabletop exercise. Um, scenario to throw. And by the way, this scenario can be used two different ways. So don't, don't sleep on that. You can get two for like, this is BOGOs right now. It's, 
it's a, you know, crazy Black Friday pricing up in here. Number one, if you're a software company, you could do a tabletop exercise where you push something and all of a sudden it goes to heck in a handbasket and you're down. You've got outages being reported. Bah, bah, bah. Like use that. Now, also say you're not a software company. Say you're a transportation company in the Houston area. Maybe that's what your bag is. Well, hey, guess what? Microsoft Teams is having an outage. What does that mean for us? Does that mean that everybody, like, do you have a backup plan? Do you use Zoom? Do people just have phone calls? Do you cancel your meetings for the day? And I know that that one is a little less, um, you know, not real and people will make it work, but you should, you should work through it and think, is this actually impact business operations, right? Think about when you were doing like Zoom schooling during COVID, if you had kids, right? If Zoom had an outage, is school canceled? Is there a rollback plan? What 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 do you do, right? So you should absolutely normalize working through these exercises and um, getting basically feedback. By the way, doing the exercises is not the point. Learning from them, seeing where gaps are, actually addressing the gaps and, and doing uh, process improvement, that is the reason you do the tabletop exercises, okay? <laughs> that is a mod chat nelson laugh i was talking about mods says russians used previously identified tactic in senior executive mail breach following up on a story we covered last week regarding the russian hackers midnight blizzard breaking into the emails of senior microsoft executives to read intel about themselves Microsoft now says the hackers managed to pivot from non-production test accounts into ones used by senior leaders of the company by creating malicious OAuth applications. Specifically, quote, the threat actor then used the legacy test OAuth application to grant them the Office 365 Exchange Online full access as app role, which allows access to mailboxes, end quote. This technique was, ironically, exactly what Microsoft had warned the public about on December 15th. The company says it has now instituted further defensive measures to stop this type of attack from happening again. <laughs> Kansas. All right. So two things. One, I would really like to see what Bo Bullock. Bo Bullock is um, a pen tester for Black Hills Information Security, and he wrote a tool called Graph Runner, which is an awesome tool, but it basically abuses the Microsoft Graph API, and it sounds like. Uh, these Russian threat actors, these prolific foreign intelligence service um, APT, leveraged a similar kind of um, Microsoft capability, the, like an OAuth application, to grant full access to everything and then ultimately uh, weaponize that and pivot into senior executives. I do find it funny that Microsoft, Microsoft had the audacity. I mean, I, I get it. I get it from a um, PR perspective, but Microsoft had the audacity to basically say, we told you so. Literally, they said in the story, Microsoft uh, pointed out that they made everyone aware of this particular attack in December. Like this attack could happen in December. So it sounds like what they're saying is, we told you so. And also, I want to point out that it looks like Russian foreign intelligence, the Russian foreign intelligence service also subscribes to the Microsoft uh, <laughs> threat feed and was like, oh, that's an interesting tactic. Let's abuse that one. Uh, and then they got it. So uh, the TLDR is, this is a post-mortem. You can learn from it.
but um, you can learn from it. But it sounds like Microsoft has basically put in um, new new controls automatically to pr protect yourself from yourself. Essentially, they do mention password spraying in here. I'm not quite sure how password spraying um, is, is relevant to this particular attack because it's not. Um, Microsoft gained access to, oh, 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 I see, I see. The initial infection was through password spraying. So, okay, so here's what it is. The threat actors did a password spraying attack, got into the non-prod system, then used this OAuth uh, fake application with full permissions to then uh, move laterally once they were already in the environment and get into those senior executives' um, accounts. So, you know, this is an interesting post-mortem. This is obviously uh, a nice... Um, when I say nice, I mean like it's a it's a nice case study. It's nicely packaged. It's very clear what the uh, cyber kill chain looks like in this particular attack. And the nice thing is that Microsoft has um, implemented some uh, additional controls to protect us from ourselves. City Transport Authority suffers ransomware attack. The Kansas City Public Transit Agency, KCATA, has disclosed a ransomware attack that occurred on January 24th. It states that the incident has not affected its fixed-route bus services or its Freedom and Freedom on Demand paratransit services, identifying the main impact as, quote, the inability to make calls to regional ride KC call centers, including any KCATA landline, end quote. Although the KCATA has not mentioned who was behind the attack or whether data was stolen, the Medusa ransomware gang has claimed responsibility and has published samples of the allegedly stolen data on its Tor leak site. All right. So um, Medusa ransomware gang, um, pretty, pretty serious. They're asking for uh, $2 million. Ooh. Great cash, homie. Um, they also offer the victims the option to extend the deadline by paying a hundred thousand dollars a day. <laughs> what a, what a bunch of pecker heads. So they, they are, um, $2 million, uh, total ransom, or you can extend the deadline for a hundred thousand dollars a day, giving them that, that very convenient option. They have looks like nine days to comply according to this screenshot, which I, I have no idea when this was taken. Um, I'm actually kind of curious, like, is the, uh, does the actual, um, the KCA say it's the incident is not affecting services. Okay. This is, this is what I wanted to know. Basically they got a database of, uh, consumers of the Kansas city, uh, transit authority stuff, right? So Medusa just got some it systems compromised and got some data. Uh, but the actual service of public transit, the actual mission of the KC transit authority is not impacted. Um, if I had to guess, um, the Kansas City Area Transportation Authority will not be paying the ransom because why, why would they? Like, I mean, it sucks that this data got compromised and taken out, but um, I don't know. At this point, I feel like people are um, like tone deaf to having their PII compromised. So they're just like, Ugh. you know what I mean? Like I'm sure Kansas City Transit Authority will send out a very formal letter that says they take information security and your privacy quite seriously and that they're going to offer you identity theft protection for two years. And then, you know, back to business as normal. Um, that's if I had to guess, okay? So 
I don't know if Medusa Ransomware is a Baltimore Ravens fan and they're just like lashing out. I'm, I'm being playful uh, from an NFL perspective. In reality, Medusa is definitely one of these um, ransomware threat actors that's just uh, opportunistic and attacking for straight cash, homie. They are financially driven, period, full stop. Um, Medusa does like to hit um, like municipalities. I know that they were responsible for knocking out Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, like K through 12, like the, like the school system in, in Minneapolis. I don't know what other attacks they've done, but I, I know that they did that one. So like it, their, their bag is kind of like municipality, which doesn't surprise me. It's such a low, low hanging, uh, fruit, right? Most municipalities don't have really good infosec. Uh, they barely have good it. Not that they, not that the people who are doing it aren't good. It's just, they're typically underfunded and under-resourced. So that's what's up with that. Medusa Ransomware, Justin Tucker fan, not digging on uh, Mahomes kicking over the, the, the kicking tee. Now, last week in Ransomware. This past week saw some victories in the shape of sanctions being placed on rival hench person Alexander Janadievich Ermakov, the principal actor behind Australia's Medibank hack as well as the U.S. sentencing of Russian national Vladimir Dunayev to five years and four months in prison for helping to create and distribute the TrickBot malware. Yeah. Ransomware victims over this last week or so included Finland-based cloud services provider Tietovry, that's T-I-E-T-O-E-V-R-Y, water services companies Veolia North America and Southern Water in the U.K., and fintech firm Equilend. In addition, Lone Depot shared more information about its January 6th ransomware attack, stating, quote, it exposed the data of 16.6 million people, end quote. If you All right. So every single Monday, there's typically like this roundup. Think of this as like a yard sale. Um, there's something here for everybody. Uh, I always encourage uh, Simply Cyber community members to go check out this Go check out this post and then like sift through the, uh, the the kitchen junk drawer here and find something that, you know, speaks to you. Either your industry, your uh, your um, end user community, your, you know, region of the world, like whatever. Um, the, one, the one thing that I would tease out here that I think is interesting is there's two things here. So on Thursday, the U.S. government sentenced Vladimir Dunev to five years and four months in prison. Okay. Five years and four months in prison. Okay. This seems very light for what this dude did. Okay. And I'm not saying like, ah, like throw everybody in jail. Ah, no, like if I had to guess this guy, um, struck a plea deal and gave gave up some really good intel for a lighter sentence. This guy was the lead developer on TrickBot. If you guys don't know what TrickBot was, back in the day, like 2000, geez, 2018, 2016, 17, 18, like right around that time, there was this, uh, well, let's say 18, 19, there was like this massive, massive um, issue uh, that threat actors, like a capability threat actors had between wh where they would have Emotet. Emotet would be an initial infection. It would immediately bring down TrickBot. 
TrickBot would be real nasty. It would steal all your stuff. It would set up um, like loggers and and the capability to like bring in new information and everything like that. And then it would bring down Ryuk ransomware. So for a long time, it was Emotet, TrickBot, Ryuk in that order. Uh, and TrickBot, like it was very, very sophisticated. It was very, very robust, right? So like no matter where where it landed, it was pretty good about executing without um, detection and without failing and stuff like that. TrickBot screwed a lot of a lot of businesses, a lot of people. Um, also, this guy was responsible for writing ransomware. It didn't say which ransomware variant, but I mean, clearly, if you if you're into you know deploying TrickBot all over the place. I'm sure you're into deploying ransomware as well. So anyways, all of that to say five years, four months. It just, to me, the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime on the surface. So there has to be something else. I mean, TrickBot, like how many, like how many victims, Helen, how many victims were hit by TrickBot? I'm just, I'm just curious here. All right, so this is from the DOJ itself, okay? I'm just going to... Hospitals, schools, businesses were among the millions of TrickBot victims. Millions of TrickBot victims who suffered tens of million dollars in losses. Again, I'm just saying, I don't think five years in jail... Like, what do you get five... I feel like you get five years in jail for, like, aggravated DUI. You know what I mean? Like, what... Hold on. I'm just... I'm sorry to go off on a tangent. What... Um. What law, what felonies, what felonies result in five years of prison? I'm just like, uh, class F felonies in the state of South Carolina include voter fraud, animal, animal fighting. Okay, look at animal fighting and pointing a firearm at a person. You point a firearm at a person or you're doing like dog fighting or something like that. And that's five years in prison. This guy, I, like he, he attacked millions of people causing tens of million dollars in damage. And he gets the same, the same, like, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. I just think that to me, it's clear that he, 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 he turns state's evidence or, or whatever whatever those terms are. Anyways, let's go. All right, y'all, solid win. Looks like we're a couple minutes early. Oh my goodness. Hopefully you guys had a great show. Uh, I certainly did, given 10 minutes of time back. That's why I only say a half a CPE because very, very occasionally we finish early. I've never seen... I haven't finished early in a long time. Maybe it's the new camera angle. I don't know. If you were here just for the news, thank you very much. Genuinely appreciate you being here. I hope you come back tomorrow um, at 8 a.m. Eastern time. But if you want to hang out and have a good time, come on down. We're going to get to some jaw jacking. I'm Jerry, your chat. Until next time, stay secure, everyone. Let's go jaw jack, yeah?
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the party. I'm your host, Jerry Guy. This is the cool, smooth sounds of jawjacking. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> Welcome to the what's up, everybody? Just straight kicking it, having a great, great show. Back into the jawjacking. Mondays are a great day. Love it. Thanks so much, Divine Dream Divine. I'm loving Black Hills myself. I got a special little um, fun thing for jaw jacking today. I, it'll it'll be happening probably at nine o'clock on the dot. So give give some time for that. What's up, Eugene? You are welcome. James McQuiggan at thirty five thousand feet. Ten minutes early because today's jaw jacking is going to be awesome. Did we just become best friends. Yep. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, James McQuiggan. It's great to see you. Yeah, guys. Uh, just stay tuned. I've got a very special. Uh, Something very special for jawjacking today. Mrs. Osier, uh, Mrs. Osier will be uh, uh, involved. Awesome. Love it. Whoever's on LinkedIn, it showed up as unknown, but thank you for saying good show as usual. I definitely love it. All right. How was everybody's weekend? I wa- we went and saw the movie Wish. The Disney movie Wish. It was good. It was good. I, I don't drink soda, really, and I don't eat um, junk food, really. But whenever I go to the movies, I get the large popcorn, large soda, and I just plow through it like a beast. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, Divine Dream Divine. Eric Taylor with the 50 gifted subs. Wow. Let's go. Shout out to Eric Taylor and Barricade Cyber Solutions. If you're one of the 50 people who just – if you're one of the 100 people – Solid. Thank you so much, Barricade Cyber and Eric Taylor. Uh, Look for Eric Taylor and the Barricade Cyber team um, at Wild West Hackenfest, the official black sponsor for Wild West Hackenfest. Squad members. If you're a recently minted squad member like Dane Riley, Dennis Himmick, K. Scott Powell, giddy up on the uh, emote tray. We'll do the um, Oprah emote. I believe we have over a thousand squad members now. If I'm not mistaken, we have a thousand squad members now. Awesome. Thank you all so very much. Genuinely appreciate it. Love it, love it, love it. My wife and I get the refillable popcorn buckets and refill it on the way out of the theater. Nice. Good move. Oh, yeah, actually, guys, um, on Friday, I actually had to peace out to go to a meeting, but Eric Taylor continued the stream, and I saw it was like a a two-and-a-half-hour barn burner, uh, really, really delivering value. I hope you guys enjoyed the the stream uh, on on Friday. Uh, Thanks again to Eric Taylor, not just for the sponsor support and the continued love and the squad members. Um, but also for, you know, picking up and, uh, streaming. I do want to remind people, I I just forgot about this. I always forget about this. Um, if you're interested in supporting the show, uh, every jaw jacking does have like a sponsored segment. I pick one. Um, this basically is a cloud data, uh, blog post cloud data security challenges and best practices. I thought this blog post actually, um, illustrated some really interesting fundamental things about cloud security. So if you're learning, wanting to learn a bit more about cloud, whoops, if you want them to learn a bit more about cloud, uh, come check out the blog post. 
It is available on the Discord server right here under show, like there's Simply Cyber and then the show support. And then the blog post is right here. You can see someone already uh, tagged it. If you do tag it, just hit the emote. I'd appreciate it. It's easier for me to keep track. All right. What is, what's the special jawjacking segment? You guys are going to love it. Love it, love it, love it. I'm love it, love it, love it. I love it, love it, love it. Love it. So, um, oh, by the way, if you're going to go see the movie Wish, I, we didn't, I didn't know this until afterwards. There is 100, literally 100 Disney Easter eggs hidden in the movie. It's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Really, really cool Easter eggs. Ion Q. Ion Q says he goes straight to the movie theater to get the popcorn. No film sometimes. You know, it's funny. I actually have, I've thought about doing that. Like yesterday, uh, Sunday, there was like two football games on that were pretty good. And I was actually thinking like, man, you know, it'd be really good. Like a big bucket of popcorn. Uh, James McQuiggan, Finn Frock is not in town. Finn Frock will be in town in, um, in April though. If you're one of the 400 people still here, definitely appreciate you hanging out. I'm telling you right now, a couple minutes. Holy crap. DP with a super chat. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Microsoft Teams emotional support fund. <laughs> Fantastic show from team DP and KP. DP and KP uh, met them at Wild West Hackenfest. Uh, definitely love uh, connecting with them and uh, genuinely appreciate the support, y'all. Thank you so much for the super chat, DP and KP. Straight crushing it. Informix254 took the XM Cyber course. Great work. Well done. If you're interested, if you guys don't know, I actually put a course together. It's free for everybody. It's the XM Cyber Cyber Exposure Management course. If you're interested in getting free education, five CPEs, and a Credly badge that looks like this, uh, come check out this. I'll drop a link in chat. Cyber 101. I'll oh, there I am. Cyber, oh, come on. I don't know why this is hung up here. Cyber 101 course, it's definitely right around the corner. I worked another, another like, I don't know, 12 to 14 hours this weekend. I, I don't know why I decided to burn the closed captions into all the videos. I was trying to make it more accessible for everybody. Uh, Misty eyed, I know you like some uh, closed captions, but guys, typos, acronyms that are wrong, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Kathy Chambers is in the house. I love I love me some Kathy Chambers. Definitely cool. Zachary Cottle. Hey, Zachary. Great, great uh, baton Simply Cyber community post the other day. Oh, my God. Hey, who's going to the Simply... Um, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious. Is anyone... Who's doing the active defense and cyber deception class? This class right here. So good. So good. Love it, love it, love it. All right. I'm telling I, I really can't wait um, for this nine o'clock hour to hit and get this uh, get this surprise going. Curiosity for life. Love it. Oh, hey. Darmitaj Kalapara. Welcome to the party, pal. What kind of questions people got? We can do some AMA while we're waiting. Just be careful about that with closed captioning. Yeah, I hear you. 
Uh, thank you, Josh Mason. Love it, love it, love it. Chris Whitlock, I am plus sock core skills and then packed coding. Damn, Chris Whitlock's getting all up in it. Yeah, Chris Whitlock would love your feedback after you take the class. I think you're going to love it, honestly. <laughs> Chris Young wants tickets for the April live show. Uh, actually, you know, it's funny. Finfrock comes uh, to visit because um, I teach at the Citadel and Finfrock actually guest lectures one of my classes. My pleasure, Nathan Bolin. Luke Canfield. Oh, yeah. Too bad you missed the opportunity, Luke. Still time to register for SOC core skills. Oh, someone's at the door. Hold on one second. All right. Check this out. Mrs. Osier just brought in a special delivery. Thank you, honey. She didn't want to come on camera. Special delivery. Special delivery. Check this out. Check this out, guys. Look what came. I, I wanted to wait to open this. Let's get this thing open and take a look, shall we? This is because of all of you, the community. So excited to share this. Let's take a look. Here we go, boy. I tried to get Mrs. Osher on the camera, but she didn't want to. Let's take a look. Let's do this, huh? Boom. Boom. Nice little letter from YouTube. And there we go, people. Solid win. I would like to thank all of you. All of you. Thank you, mods. Thank you, community. Thank you, Kathy, Jax, Dan, Bass. All of you. Got the, got the play button, guys. Well done, everybody. Congratulations. Thank you all so very much for all you've done and all we will continue to do for the community. This is a very, very cool, very, very cool opportunity. Very nice. 100,000 subs, y'all. We did it. I like to think of it as less of 100,000 subs and more of 100,000 people we helped with their cybersecurity career, their cybersecurity journey. Thank you all so very much. Hopefully that delivered on what I said would be a special jawjacking segment. Thanks so much, everybody. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. I saw another super chat come in. What is James McQuiggan? That is so awesome. Way to go, Jerry. This community is the best and that award is well-deserved. Next up is the gold one. That's right. We just become best friends. Yeah. Thank you so much, James McQuiggan, for the super chat. And guys, thank all of you. Well, thank you all so very much. Uh, I saw a question about the knife. This is a Kershaw. I, this is my, I carry this uh, all the time on me. Josh Mason has the exact same one. Nice little pocket knife. It's always nice to have a pocket knife. Thank you, Ben Willis. Thank you, Ellery. Thank you, Hemoglockman. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Emmanuel. Thank you, Malware Trini. Thanks, David Beard. Thanks, Shane Prevost. Thank you for the opportunity to share that with you. Thank you. And thank you, Mrs. Ozier, for bringing it. 
Oh. All right. Thanks so much, Valentino, for uh, for staying for the for the surprise. Nice. Yeah. Hey. Well, I'll be. I'll, I'm not going anywhere. I'll continue to stream until until we get the gold one. I had a meeting with Gary Ruddle. I had a meeting with Gary Ruddle. That's actually why I had to leave the other day um, when when Eric kept streaming. I had a meeting with Gary Ruddle, and uh, he said that I should uh, I should hang the silver play button right there, and then right beneath it, put a chalk outline of where the gold one will go. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Hey, David Brooks, first time in chat. Welcome to the party, pal. Thanks. Welcome to the party, pal, David Brooks. Thanks, Steve Pereira. Yeah, absolutely. I this silver play button might have my name on it, but it it it, it the entire community, um, it's the entire community's award, for sure. Especially the mod team, guys. The mod team, always, always, super, super important, super, super appreciated. All right, Cyber One Hundred and One, guys. I think I'm ready to launch. I think I'm ready to launch. It really is William Harris. It's like a whole teaching career. Yep. Thanks, Josh Mason. Love it, love it, love it. Nice. Oh, hey, Deb Wigley. Deb, did you see the big surprise? I don't know when you joined. If you just joined, um, I love me some Deb Wiggly. Deb, this came in the mail just now, like literally, just special delivered a minute ago. We were celebrating. Do you have recommendations for uh, on catering a resume for a GRC role? Yeah, Tim McDonald. If you're going to cater your resume for a GRC role, you should definitely mention like frameworks. NIST cybersecurity frameworks, a good one. CIS 18, how you've implemented those things. Talk about end user awareness training. Talk about audit. Talk about uh, risk, those type of things. That, that's what I would do. Uh, focus on that. Also, if you can kind of like fold in how you, um, fold in how you um, connect with the business and support the business. Cigar Master says, working on renewing my Sec Plus so I can break in the industry after the Sec Plus, what's next? Cigar, it depends on what you want to do in the industry, right? If you want to be a SOC analyst or pen tester, those are two wildly different um, strategies, right? So I would I would recommend uh, get continue to get education and network. Let's see here. Okay. Let's see. Deb Wiggly's getting a lot of love. Deb, everybody's uh, <laughs> everybody's welcoming Deb. Deb Wiggly's an amazing person. If you haven't met Deb Wiggly, uh, do say hello to her in chat and then high five her when you uh, see her at Wild West Hacking Fest. Hey, no problem, Angular. Definitely appreciate it. Hey, Chris Young. That's right. Hunter Strong. Yep. All the updates I've seen on Hunter seem to be uh, moving in the right direction, the positive direction. Love it, love it, love it. I got to figure out where to hang this play button now, huh? Like obligatory background. Right right there. I, I don't know, right there. Can we bring Mr. Eric Taylor on again later this week? 
yeah, we'll see. Maybe uh, Eric can come on for Fridays. We'll, we'll make it like a recurring uh, theme here. John Brock says maybe going for the CISP after Sec Plus. That's definitely a, a solid move. CISP is um, not really. CISP is like good, like professional standard. Uh, definitely a good idea. I remember when I got my CISP, it was like a major career milestone for me. Rex is at a loss for things. Thinking about getting to DEF CON. No problem. Let's see. Yeah, we'll talk to Eric Taylor about Fridays. As, as available. Josh Mason dropping resume. Loves resume resources in chat. Love that. Very nice. Frank P, do you have a video for tips on writing a report of findings during a security alert investigation? Ah, actually, I do not have a video for that, Frank P. Um, but that is a good uh, point. Uh, tips on... So, I mean, okay, so I'll just, I don't have a video, but I'll give my thoughts on it, right? Findings during a security alert investigation. So, um, there's a thing in healthcare called um, SBAR, SBAR, and it stands for situation, it's an acronym, Situation Background Assessment and Recommendations. And it's a very concise way um, to you know, capture kind of objective information and deliver, um, information. So it's like, basically if you're doing like a healthcare handoff or you're consulting an expert on a specific thing. It's a very deliberate way to, to convey that information. So for a security alert investigation report, what I might say is use an S bar. So like, what's the situation? What actually happened? Clear, concise, objective, three sentences, what happened? Then the background, you know, maybe there, it's not like background, like there was a um, EDR alert went off for like malware and you're like, EDR solutions have were invented in 2004. Like it's, it the background is like, is it on a critical, you know, like this is like the system that was involved is a critical business system. The end user who fell for it has privileged uh, permissions or something like that. Like give some context to the situation using, you know, in that background. Then assessment is, here's what you believe um, the current state is, right? So the situation and then you're set like, so the situation in the S-bar is objective. The assessment is kind of you in, inputting your, your, your knowledge, basically your wisdom on what you assess is the situation, right? So the situation is objective. The assessment is your take on the situation. Is it really bad? Is it really not a big deal? It could it could it lead to a bigger problem? Do we need to move quickly? And then recommendation is your suggestion on moving forward. If so, Frank P, I hope that helps. That that's what I would do. An S bar, S B A R. Okay. Hopefully that's useful for someone. Uh all right, what else we got here? Yeah, uh the uh newsletter went out this morning. Hopefully you guys got that. Conference recommendations for first-timers. Marty Woolums asks, well, let me drop this love on you, Marty Woolums, uh, especially since Deb Wigley is in chat. Let's check this out. Oh, my gosh. All right, so Simply Cyber Conference 
Deb Wigley. Okay. If you want recommendations for your first time at a conference, where is it? Where's my Deb Wigley one? Oh, all right. Hold on one second. Oh my God, bro. Look how young I look in this picture. Hold on one second. Oh, this is annoying. Hold on one second. I usually could pull this right up. Oh my God. So frustrating. Hold on one second. I have a video for it. That's the thing. I've got a video. How do I search within my own channel? Isn't there a way to search on your own channel? Oh, there it is. Conference. Deb Wiggly. So Deb Wiggly, Base Case, and DJ BSEC all did a um, panel live. What is going on? All right, hold on one second. That That's super annoying. I have no patience for that. Um, give me a second. Instantly comes up when I when I type it in on the back end here All right, Marty Willems here you go. This right here is your answer. Okay at Marty Okay, this is base case this is the same Deb Wiggly that's in chat right now and this is DJ B sec uh, mod, mod, and mod, and then um, amazing. All three of them are amazing, frankly. But Marty, if you're interested, um, th this this live stream right here is awesome for how to maximize your opportunities as a first timer going to a conference. Definitely say hi to people. That's how I met KP and DP. Was at a conference, walked up and started talking. No problem, Marty. I, I'm just sorry it took so long to get. Tito Cybertech with the super chat. Thanks, Tito Cybertech. Did we just become best friends? Yep. And then retracting the message. I don't know what the message said, Tito Cybertech, but thanks anyways. Wow. What else we got? Malware analysis. Amish Runaways in here. Guys, yeah, the Cyber 101 is ready to go. Um, I might I might even just like soft launch it, not tell anyone. Uh, I was trying to figure out the pricing. I think what I'm going to do is... Um, what I'm going to do is there'll be three, um, three tiers. There's um, one tier is six-month access to the uh, course. The course should take you... Three months. It's a semester-long course. It should take you three months, but um, the 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 lower tier is six months of access. The mid tier is twelve months of access, and then the highest tier is you're going to expense it, <laughs> and it like it's literally just increased in price because you're going to expense it. How would I start my own vulnerability management company? Boy, um, how would I start my own vulnerability management company? It depends on what you're talking about, uh, DeMarcus. Are you talking about delivering vulnerability management as a service to businesses? Are you talking about offering a technology that helps 
discover vulnerabilities and and uh, report on it like Qualys. You know what I mean? Like I I I would I would want more information. Second chance nomad says for a noob, would doing CF reds on video be a good way to build a portfolio? I'm assuming you mean like CTFs, uh, second chance nomad. Yeah, it would absolutely be valuable. Um, you'd meet people in the community too. Um, lot there's a lot of YouTube uh, twi Twitch people do it. Love it. Uh, so yeah, I would absolutely do it if I were you. I mean, I, I have a YouTube channel. I kind of do it. Uh, in real life at Wild West Hackenfest. Oh, Kathy Chambers and I met. Uh, Kathy Chambers and I had worked prior, but we got to meet in person at Wild West Hackenfest. And I got to tell you, I walked right up to Kathy and gave her a hug. I felt like we'd been friends for years. Um, but Wild West Hackenfest is such a special conference. If you're going to get out there, um, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. I love Wild West Hackenfest. Deb and Jason are there at the airport as soon as you land with a warm smile. Um, you know, all the conference attendees are awesome. The keynotes are always great. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm keynoting this year. That's why I, I mean, they are always been great. Lynn, um, Alyssa Miller, uh, Lindsay Car uh, Carhart. Um, John Hammond, Heath Adams, truly amazing people. Uh, Pepe Espinoza asks, have you ever attended the InfoSec World Con in Orlando or been asked to present? No, I haven't. And I will say, uh, Pepe, if James McQuiggan has thoughts on InfoSec World Conference in Orlando, please drop him in chat. I, I haven't been to it, so I can't really speak to it, unfortunately. Uh, Amish Runaway says, when you graduated college, what degree? Uh, so Amish Runaway, I'm not 100% sure what you're asking, but I'll just run through it. I have a bachelor's degree in computer science. I have a master's degree in computer science. I have a master's degree in information assurance. I have a PhD in cyber operations. Those are my, um, those are my four degrees. Leslie Carhart, I'm sorry. I think I said Lindsay. Leslie Carhart. I'm sorry to Leslie. So Amish Runaway, let me know if that answers your question. Alex says, are there any scholarships available for Cyber 101? Uh, there could be, Alex. I haven't, I haven't thought through that yet. I, I've been so, like, I've been so hyper-focused, right? Trying to get it out the door. I haven't thought through uh, scholarships. Uh, there, there certainly could be. Um, there is a capability. I've got to, like, look into it. Uh, there's a capability to gift. Um, courses, course vouchers. So I got to look into that. I, I tried doing scholarship with uh, GRC Analyst Masterclass and it, it turned into like a management nightmare. Um, so let me look into it. Would I recommend Dakota State for a PhD? Oh, absolutely. If you want a PhD in cybersecurity, right? Dakota State University is phenomenal. Dakota State University, small school, massive cybersecurity uh, knowledge base. They have a PhD in oper like they have a PhD in offensive security, which is what mine is in, which is hilarious because I'm a GRC practitioner and um, I, you know, I basically self-identify as sucking at pen testing. 
but the PhD that I have is in cyber operations. So reverse engineering, software exploitation, um, malware analysis, you know, all, all the things. Uh, they have a PhD in defense now, uh, which is more around GRC and risk. I actually thought about, honestly, I thought about going, me and this guy, Rod Rickenbach, thought about going back and getting the, P, the second PhD from Dakota State. But um, I, the answer, I'm not going to do that. There's no reason to. It doesn't, it doesn't help me professionally in any way. It, it, it is a very emotionally exhausting journey going to get a PhD. It's very hard on your family, or it was very hard on my family. I had their full support. But, you know, I had, um, when I was going through my PhD, my oldest son was like, you know, three to, he went from three to six years old. And my youngest son went from being born to three years old. So like, that's a really hard, that's really hard when I'm not like, you know, it, it, it's just a lot of work. Okay. Have a great day, uh, Jenny Housley. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, there definitely is a way to, uh, get the gifts and stuff like that. We'll, we'll sort it out. We'll sort it out. I'll make sure that, uh, there's opportunities for people. Luke Canfield, hashtag team education. I love it. I love it. Uh, it's so Bennett says how to track and lock up a child person that grooms kids through Xbox. I, I don't, I don't know. Um, there's gotta be resources out there though, for 